Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church. So great to be with you. Uh, As that video clip reminds us, everyone prepares for the holidays in different ways, don't they? Uh, But the truth I would draw upon is this. No matter what your home looks like during Christmas, Jesus never wants us to be home alone. Meaning, Jesus wants to show us not just what it looks like for him to be here at Christmas, but for him to be in our life every day. And when Jesus shows up, he brings gifts that outshine every other. Especially in this season that's supposed to be all about cozy fireplaces and goodwill to all people. We know at times it doesn't measure up to that. In fact, that outward experience of Christmas bliss can be a bit elusive. Yet still, there there is something real that God wants to bring. There's a gift that God wants to offer us today. It's a gift that every person can receive on Christmas Day and every other day. It's a gift that speaks directly to our holiday struggles, our holiday frustrations, and that gift is the gift of peace, real peace. A peace that is given to us by God. And that's what makes God's gift to us so different. Uh, This gift of peace is not limited in the ways we often think that peace would be limited in. God's peace is not tied to our circumstance. God's peace is not tied to our ability to make it happen. God's peace is not tied to how well the tree is decorated or to how many gifts are beneath it. No, God's peace is tied directly to him. As Sheila Walsh said, peace is not found in the absence of trouble. Peace is found in the presence of God. So as we take a look at a portion of the Christmas story today, there are some folks that want to remind us about this powerful, real gift of peace that God offers. It's it's a peace that was experienced by folks that got that first invitation, that front row seat to this unveiling of God's redemptive plan. These folks were unique in that they were in no way seen as influencers. In fact, they were seen much more as inferiors in their culture. Not seen as leaders, really, they were known as loners. I speak today of the shepherds. They were gritty, earthy recluses. Yet even in that station of life, the station that often removed them from the trappings of peace that we try to hold on to, those shepherds experienced a peace that passes understanding, a real peace. And it's a peace that we all need. It's a peace that God wants to give us as a gift this Christmas season. But it's a gift that he wants to give every day after that as well. This is a gift that changes everything in our lives. And the first thing I would want to point out about it is this. Real peace comes out of our pursuit of God. Real peace comes out of our pursuit of God. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, 
Starting in verse 8, let's read it together. Big voices, go. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And they went with haste. <laughs> Another translation says they, they hurried off. They, they ran. They went fast. They, they, there was an emergency for them. There, there was an urgency in this. They had to see what God was doing. And included with what God was doing that night was God was bringing to them peace. That's what the angel army was saying. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Their battle cry was peace. Glory in heaven, peace on earth. See, the impact of heaven on earth always includes peace. Now, how does that happen? Well, here's how. Peace on earth begins with peace in us. Peace on earth begins with peace in us starting with peace between us and God. That's the invitation for all of us, and that's what shattered that quiet, ordinary night in the fields. This was not a declaration of war. This was a declaration of peace. This interruption of God's presence, it changed how they acted. It put the shepherds into pursuit mode. They said, we've got to go and see this thing. They're, they're saying, I don't care what my plan was. I don't care what I was planning on doing tonight. I have to see what God is up to. That was the invitation to them. And that is the invitation for us. Jesus' invitation is always for us to give everything in pursuit of him. See, to be a disciple is a call to give all, not a suggestion to give some. Because Jesus ultimately wants to accomplish two things in us. Jesus wants to prepare our lives for heaven and prioritize our lives for earth. Which means to follow Jesus is to give all to give everything, that every part of my life would begin to look and sound like Jesus. And that only happens when I give each part of my life to him. If I don't trust Jesus with the purpose for my life, for instance, then he can't redeem that area of my life. 
If I don't trust Jesus with my finances, then he can't redeem that area of my life. If I don't trust Jesus with my sexuality, then he can't redeem that area of my life. Jesus loves all of who we are, but he can only redeem what we give him. It's like when you, you take your, your cans you know, to, to redeem them for 10 cents. You know, we go to the place at Fred Meyer, that machine, and you take the can and you put it on that little conveyor belt. And once it gets on that conveyor belt, it gets, you know, swept away and it goes somewhere to can land back in there. That only, that, that can is only redeemed when you put it into the machine, when you let go of that thing. That's the moment of its redemption. The same is true for our lives. As Jesus told us, it's only when I lose my life that I find it. Yet, I think we can find ourselves saying things and maybe even singing things in a, in a, in a church service, you know, saying things like, take it all, God, and all I am is yours, and all I have is yours. Uh, I, I give you everything, right? We say these things. And Jesus is like, oh, that's so cool that you're saying that. Uh, why, why don't I start right here? And we're like, whoa, not there, Jesus. No, no. I didn't. When I said take everything, I didn't mean that. When I, when I said all, I said you could take from, from this particular area of my life, this, you know, the six by eight section of my heart. You can, you can take anything you want out of that space. You know, it, it, it's everything just, just right here. It's everything kind of to the left of, of you know, me forgiving my eighth grade girlfriend uh, for dumping me even right after I bought her a real Valentine's Day present and spent real money. So I'm still not ready to do that. So it's, it's left of that. And then it moves clear over until you get to stewardship and daily prayer life. So it's right in between there. That's the part that you have access to in my heart, Jesus. In fact, it's really just kind of this shelf in my heart. But you, you, there's some good stuff on there. You know, you got, you got like some good sporting goods there. I've got some, some broken sporting goods. I'm sure if we give that to the mission, they can, they can repair that hockey stick. Uh, you've got some food items there. It's mostly Brussels sprouts and kale. You can, we can find something to do with that. We could give those away. We'll find a good place for those to go. But, but Jesus, that's really when I'm giving you permission to redeem, just right there. Now, maybe that's a, a little bit funny, but I think at times for all of us, it's true. And yet Jesus is saying to his disciples, give everything to me. And we are only willing to do that when we're in a relationship with Jesus that moves us from convenience to conviction. I have to see what you're doing. The shepherd's first experience of peace, it changed the way they acted. It, it changed how, how they moved. They had to be in pursuit of God. Nothing could keep the shepherds from seeing the Messiah from seeing the promised prince of peace. Because real peace comes out of our pursuit of God. That's the first thing. Here's the second. Real peace comes out of our proclamation of God. Let's continue the passage, Luke 2, 17. Let's read it together. Big voices, go. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered 
at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds come and they witness this impossible scene. A child born of a virgin is lying in a manger. And although, as we know, the shepherds were not your social butterfly types. No, they were much more confident talking to animals than to people. They were better off on the outside than they were on the inside. Not even really sure if they were potty trained. I don't know. And some of you can relate to that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just made for the outside. Don't bring me indoors. And yet still, those folks, they proclaimed, they declared all of God's truth about what had happened what they had seen about the gift of peace that was being given to them on that night. And they declared to them the words of the angels, peace on earth, goodwill to all people, a great truth that was delivered by people who were not considered great. They didn't even consider themselves great. Maybe you feel a bit like that today. Maybe you feel a bit like a shepherd, you know. It's not like you have some great platform or some great role of leadership or some commander of thousands. No, some of us were more comfortable with animals than people. And we can say to ourselves, who, who would listen to me? You know, you might say, I'm a plumber, not a politician. I, I work with computers. I, I don't work on hearts. But what the shepherds show us is this. Our influence is not decided by our occupation, it's decided by our proclamation. What comes out of our lives, what we share with our lives, that every one of us can carry this message that unto us a son is given. Glory to God, peace on earth. Each of us can share that. And what that means is your voice matters. The shepherds, they, they walked this out. They actually ran this out. People who in that culture were, were really of very little influence, very little impact, people with no voice really in the culture. Those hermits, they became heralds, not because they suddenly had perfectly formed theology, but because no one could talk them out of what they had seen God do. Friends, some of you, you've seen God do things in your life. Tell someone. Tell someone. Like the shepherds, you are fully qualified to share what you've seen. You don't have to know every truth to proclaim the truth that you know. The shepherds simply made known what they saw they're going, I don't know everything, but here's what we saw. Here's what we heard. It was a proclamation. And we're told that all who heard them wondered. And the same can be true for us. The same can be true for you. That wonder happens when we choose to make known what we've seen God do in our lives. I think, uh, I think for me, I, I've been so blessed by, by saints who are a bit ahead of me in life, a bit older than me in life, and they will tell me stories of God showing up that were really significant for them. And I think of a story I, I was told recently. Uh, Ruth Bryan told a group of us this story. Ruth uh, is, is a dear, amazing follower of Jesus in our midst. 
And uh, Ruth, when she was growing up, uh, she was raised by her dad. Her mom passed away when she was pretty young. And they were raised on a farm. And uh, she, she tells, tells the story of, of one night, um, their barn on the farm, it, it caught fire. And this was back when you couldn't just kind of call the fire department out. They would come and rescue the barn. That barn held all of their grain, all of their supplies, all the stuff for running the farm was all in that. And she stood out by her father, who was a man of deep, deep faith in Jesus. And she stood and just watched that barn and everything in it burn to the ground. And she stood there with her father. And she remembers, she tells it so vividly, she remembers her father looking at her and saying, Ruth, Jesus is going to take care of us. And that night, her father just turned and went inside and went to bed and went to sleep. That's the kind of trust he had. I mean, talk about the peace of God that passes understanding. It made a huge impact on Ruth, but her telling that story made a huge impact on me and those who heard it because it made us wonder. It lifts us. It makes us go, yes, this is what Jesus does. And it's her simply sharing what they have seen God do, what they have heard God say, just like the shepherds. And it's so powerful. The same can be true for us. Friends, your story it matters. The places you've seen Jesus show up in your life, that, those things matter. So tell those stories. Not in weird ways, not in insensitive ways. Just don't leave God out of your story. Because the story that God is writing in you, it brings wonder. I think we get too caught up in our own weakness, you know, well, someone else should say that, not me, or someone else is more qualified to share those kinds of things. I, I, I'm not. And here we see that the message of Christ is given to all and it is delivered by all. We carry the one who brings peace. We are like the UPS drivers of the kingdom, universal peace sharers, UPS. And we're not just delivering Amazon orders. We are delivering the message of goodwill on earth and peace to humanity. And if shepherds can do that, we can too. Real peace comes out of our proclamation of God. That's the second thing. Here's the last thing. Real peace comes out of our progress with God. Real peace comes out of our progress with God. Luke 2, 19 to 20, let's read it together. Big voices go. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The shepherds returned to the fields, not worrying, but worshiping. Not shaking in fear, but shouting in praise. 
That is a big change, isn't it? That's a lot of progress from where we began. As we saw, they didn't start out that way, did they? No, they started out scared. Remember when the angels showed up and they were filled with great fear, we're told? The sheep were not the only ones potting in their wool that night. So were the shepherds. But by the end of this night, they were different. The peace of God had actually transformed them And what that tells me about their hearts is that their hearts were pliable. Their hearts were moldable. Their hearts had the ability to change. They progressed. They they grew. See, within the Christmas story is the hope that my heart can change. That recluses can can become reporters. That wanderers can become worshipers. Which means then that I too, I can move forward. Because although the message they carried changed others, ultimately the message they carried changed them. Have you ever been in one of those fancy furniture stores and you're walking around and you realize they've got a bowl of fruit and it's like, wow, that's so nice that they have a bowl of fruit out here and they must have to replace that like every day to keep it looking so fresh and that's really, really cool. This place must be fancy. And then you get close to it and you grab one of the pieces of fruit and you realize, oh, it's plastic. <laughs> this thing doesn't have any substance to it. There's no weight to it. It's a plastic piece of fruit. It looks so great on the outside, but... It was artificial. See, we have to to fight the tendency for our faith to look like that. That our faith would look good on the outside, but actually inside we're empty and we're hollow. It's so easy for us to, to care much more about what others see on the outside than what God sees on the inside. This is why Jesus was always so mad at the Pharisees because he'd say, you guys, oh, the cup looks so good on the outside, but inside it's filled with old coffee grounds and mold. You look great on the outside, but inside you're a mess. Yet the shepherds here, they show us something very different. They show us this authentic way of responding to God. They actually reverse it. I mean, I don't think they looked any different after this. They, they probably still look scruffy. They probably still smelled a lot like sheep and a lot like sheep droppings. But inside, they were different. Faith had replaced fear. And that can and must be true for every Christ follower. That God's grace can transform us, that God's peace can sustain us. And if that's not happening, then then something is incomplete. And something in us is yet to be redeemed. For the shepherds, it was a shift from panic to peace. And for all of us, God is looking to make that same kind of change. It becomes possible when we give Jesus our entire hearts and let him transform them from the inside out. The shepherds show us that all of us can change. Real peace comes out of our progress with God. I'll wrap up with this. When we give our lives fully to God, God can then give his life fully to us. 
And part of God giving his life fully to us is this presence of his peace. And we desperately need that, don't we? It's a peace that goes beyond our circumstance, a peace that goes beyond our ability. It's a peace that passes our understanding because it is a peace that's found in him. Ephesians 2 says this of Jesus. It says, he himself is our peace. That's the gift that Jesus wants to be to you. That peace is not found in a place and peace is not found in a product. Peace is found in a person. His name is Jesus. And he wants to be your peace today. You know, among my fondest memories of my boys when they were first born, amidst all that goes into that, the lack of sleep and the diapers and the constant effort in caring for them, there would be those evenings when they would simply be asleep in my arms. And I can remember with Ethan, he was born in late October, so he's just a couple months old when Christmas came around, that first Christmas for him. And I can remember him falling asleep as I was lying there on the couch. And I, I didn't want to wake him by stirring to, to try to turn on the TV or pass the time. And so I was just forced to, to sit there in the living room, just in quietness, just me and him in the Christmas tree. And I can still remember the peace of that moment. The only sound would be is hearing him breathe little teeny baby <laughs> breathing. I could hear the tick-tock of the clock, tick-tock. It was peace. And it was a peace that I would have never experienced had it not been for the presence of a baby. Now, granted, eventually that peace would be completely interrupted, <laughs> as we know. But it does make me wonder if that's a part of why God did what he did on Christmas. Because babies do something. They, they, they force you to just be present. They force the world to stop. And they make you simply be at peace. I know that's what Jesus is offering to each of us today a peace that changes our actions, it changes our words, it changes our hearts. And it's a peace that's available to you right now. It's a peace beyond your circumstance. So the invitation for all of us is this. Would we stop? Would we be present? And could we invite Jesus to make his home in us today? Because if we do that, we can finally come home to peace. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.